0: Welcome back to Lexi's Lounge, your home for mind, body, business, and marketing. Today, I am so excited for you to meet Mimi. She is an expert on medicinal mushrooms, and she is the host and producer of her own podcast, The Medicine Podcast. If you're ready to talk mushrooms, being conscious in your relationships, and learn a little bit about me deeper, buckle up. Mimi, welcome to Lexi's Lounge. How are you feeling today?
1: Um, <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, this morning, I haven't felt awesome but i'm okay right now but i, I was really excited for this podcast so i wanted to make it work um but i'm i'm powering through i don't know something i had last night was not agreeing with me so i'm trying to rely on all of my supplement friends to to get me through but yeah it's it's uh, been quite a warning
0: yes i i heard a little bit about that before we got on but we will spare the details (laughs) um but what are you drinking in the lounge today ask everybody this
1: um well i am wanting to stay hydrated so i have a huge hydroplask 32 ounces of mineralized structured and clean water we have a really great um water system at our at our sink that structures and cleans and mineralizes the water Um, it's from Greenfield Naturals and then I add my own minerals in from Cellcore Biosciences and uh, so it's like a mixture of 69 different plant-derived minerals like things that we would get if like our soil was healthy and had magnesium and all these different things in the soil that we don't get from our food and our you know water supply and things like that so i am adding that back in and trying to stay hydrated does that taste good yeah, it tastes like oh yeah oh my gosh it, the minerals themselves if that's what you're asking me about they you don't taste them at all I mean if you put it directly into your mouth it would taste like something but it doesn't taste like anything in the water um and our water system tastes so good like it tastes like the most delicious spring water you've ever had now when we go to places like hotels or other people's houses and they maybe don't have filtered water or whatever and we're drinking tap water it's Uh, it's you notice a
0: huge
1: difference you can almost like smell the chemicals the fluoride the chlorine like you can smell it after not having it for so long it's very noticeable
0: wow because I was thinking every time I put magnesium like in my water and I have to chug it I'm like this tastes like straight up iron like it oh uh, no you uh, can't taste anything Oh, Uh, dude, I should freaking look into that because I hear how bad our water is and, you know, even bottled water and plastics and how that's bad. Yeah, that's
1: not any better. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend, I know this isn't a water episode, but highly recommend if people are still drinking tap water, um, there are, water is fundamental, you know, it's, it's, we are like, I mean, depending on who you talk to, but we are upwards of like 70 to 90% water. And uh, if we're fueling our body or gifting our body, um, it wouldn't really be a gift. But if we're giving our body, you know, heavy metals and pharmaceuticals and fluoride and chlorine, everything that comes in tap water, like, yes, it's devoid of maybe bacteria that's going to make you sick, but it's also devoid of anything else that's going to truly help you to thrive.
0: Wow. Well, that's a, I think that's a great segue because we are talking about mushrooms on this podcast, which is another thing for our health and it's medicinal mushrooms. It's not the the hallucinogenics. I mean, but I will ask you about that later, but I've been hearing a lot about the power of mushrooms lately, the medicinal mushrooms, and I know literally nothing about it. So can you start me at the beginning? Like, what do they do? What is so great about
1: them? <laughs> well, Medicinal mushrooms are awesome for so many different reasons. There's over 300 medicinal type mushrooms in common use today. Some of the, you know, uh, some of the really common ones that people probably have heard of, things like lion's mane or reishi or cordyceps or maitake. Um, Tramella, that's a little less known, but there, there's, you know, the, the core like five to 10 that people know about. But then there's, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of, there's 20,000 different types of mushrooms and 300 of them or so are being used for medicinal or functional. Sometimes people use the word functional mushroom and that is to designate it or to um, kind of separate it from other types of mushrooms. So there's the culinary which is obviously you know you put that in a stir fry or you know your your meal or whatever um and then there is the the psychedelic classification and there is some overlap so like a culinary mushroom uh, like lion's mane is can be a culinary mushroom and it can also be a functional medicinal type mushroom same with shiitake so there is some overlap but there are generally three main categories of mushrooms So the medicinal mushrooms are awesome because they um, really—they're a really safe way to be to be an advocate for your own health. Super easy; Um, they are easy to just add to things like smoothies or coffee. Like I drink a mushroom coffee every single morning, and it supports my body head to toe. Everything from like cognitive processing to cardiovascular health, to respiratory health, to endocrine health, to immune health, like literally head to toe. And so it's a really easy kind of low hanging fruit to start really giving your body um, the, uh, giving your body the nutrients and the tools rather, the tools that it needs to do what it's supposed to do. You know, there's so many things in our environment, aside from like our lifestyle choices, which are a whole nother thing. There's so many things in our environment that are like, you know, kind of attacking us on a daily basis, like toxins from car exhaust and glyphosate and all of these things. And so medicinal mushrooms are a great way to help give your body, really gift your body with the tools necessary to, um, to for your body to do what it's supposed to do. Everything from, uh, you know, helping your hormones function regularly and smoothly to giving your body immune intelligence so that you, you know can breeze through coming into contact with different viruses and bacteria and the like. So that's kind of a snippet of why they're awesome. I would say the main, the main takeaways there are that they're really safe, they're accessible, and they're very convenient and easy For people to to get started.
0: So are they something that you can take and like overdose on if you take too many? Or are they really that like natural superfood? Like, I I guess I'm kind of comparing it to CBD because people, there's all the rage about CBD. And then I also hear that about mushrooms. And I'm like, well, I don't think you can overdose on CBD, but can you on medicinal mushrooms?
1: I suppose if someone made it their job to only eat medicinal mushrooms all day, every day, or consumed an a, an ungodly amount, like, more than their body weight in mushrooms, maybe something would happen. But really, no, there is no, um, you know, you're not going to overdose, you're, there's no, like, toxic dose for medicinal type mushrooms. Um, and we can get into it. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about AHCC, but um, that's another one where, like, because they've done like clinical trials, like you know, research facilities and medical institutions and organizations will do uh, clinical research, and they'll have to find, they'll have to look for a toxic dose. So they literally are feeding, feeding this mushroom product to rats to find, okay, when what is that upper limit where the rats start having negative side effects? And with HCC, for instance, they they can't find it. Like if they have to guess. Like it's something, you know, it's like six, 600 grams, which is like ungodly. You'd have to like, <laughs> you'd have to like eat your body weight to even like have anything. So all that to say they're completely safe. Now with that, I will say they are potent. So if somebody, if I, what I talk about a lot is um like toxicity buckets. Like we all have toxicity buckets or stress buckets rather So like things are coming into the body and they're filling up these stress buckets. It could be car exhaust toxins. It could be glyphosate. It could be stress from your job. It could be, um, you know, chemicals and pesticides from your food. It could be pharmaceuticals from your water or chlorine or fluoride or whatever. Like this is all going into our stress bucket that our body has to deal with. And that's why a lot of women or people, I mostly speak to women, but you know, when you get to be in your late 20s or early 30s and, and you start to notice things are not working the way that they should be, <laughs> right? Maybe it's digestion or maybe your skin is exploding in acne, or maybe, um, you have fertility issues or whatever. It's probably because these stress buckets are getting really full. And that's when we start to see things like, I can't do this anymore. I got to figure this out. I got to figure out what's wrong with me. And then, so if you're, if you're using something like a medicinal mushroom, that's, you know, pretty potent. If somebody has really full stress buckets and they start using a really powerful mushroom like reishi spores, those are powerful. So what reishi can do is like going in and kind of stirring up those stress buckets and like emptying them out a little bit, which is good. That's what we want. And it needs to happen, but you can almost feel this like detox reaction. It can, you can almost feel like foggy or like almost like flu, like symptoms, or maybe like run down a little bit. It's because all that shit is coming out of you. It has to, it has to go somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So these, these toxins can get held in our fat cells and like in our tissues. And then, so something like mushrooms that are really potent can help clear them out and um, then you might feel that sort of detoxification. That's that's rare. Mo- 99% of the women that I talk to and work with, they're fine. <laughs> but there is an occasional person who's like, hey, I've noticed since I started taking XYZ um, or this mushroom or this mushroom coffee or whatever, I've noticed that I feel a little like run down or something, or I feel like brain foggy. And that's usually what it is. And then, you know, a week goes by and they're like, oh, I'm fine now. So I just want to put that out there that like they are potent and they work. So if somebody does feel something, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that there's some shit that's getting stirred up. So, what are some
0: common things that a lot of people deal with that? medicinal mushrooms would be good to help with like anxiety, depression, like those kind of
1: things. Well, anyone with an immune system, which is all of us, um, that would be my first like big thing. I think within the last two years now, um, people all over the world are realizing how important immune health is. Um, and not just during cold and flu or whatever virus season it is, but year round. Right. And so, almost every medicinal mushroom that i can think of has some level of immune intelligence that it's gifting your body mushrooms are great they're because they're um they're what's called an immune modulator so instead of like boosting your immune system or suppressing your immune system And mushrooms have this incredible intelligence that they can actually go in and almost like assess what's going on in you specifically and individually, and sort of like a little team of doctors, like figure out what does Lexi need? Does she need more energy? Does she need relaxation for sleep? Does she need more immune function? You know, so they're assessing that. And then for the immune system specifically, they're modulating it. So um, like I said, it's not boosting or suppressing, it's it's deciding for you, what do you need? So that's why they're helpful for um, everyone, you know, someone like who has maybe cancer or HPV or, you know, just a common cold that needs a boost in their immune system or um, uh, an amplification in their immune system versus someone with like rheumatoid arthritis. They don't actually need their immune system to amp up, they need their immune system to calm down medicinal mushrooms can help modulate your immune system from a really intelligent way in a really intelligent way. Sort of like, you know, the windshield wipers that can sort of sense like how hard it's raining. Yeah. And as the rain starts going harder, the windshield wipers go harder. And as it like, you know, weakens a little bit, they go a little slower. That's exactly what it's doing inside of you. It's, It's recognizing what you specifically need. So I don't say that they boost your immune system. I say that they're, they're giving you immune intelligence, which is really what everyone needs because everybody's body is so different.
0: It's not, but it is like a one size fits all thing because you take it and then it's like custom to you. There's no, nothing you have to do to go out and about to make it custom to you. It, it just, you take the supplements and then they figure out for you, like, this is kind of what you need and then makes your body more conscious
1: about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really balancing. They have a balancing effect in the body. Everything from your immune system, like I just explained to, um, our hormones to, um, our stress, like stress hormones, like cortisol and also inflammation. So like a lot of people are walking around, you know, just kind of in this low grade of maybe not so low for some people, but inflammation in their body everywhere. People that just kind of look puffy or that, you know, maybe their lifestyle isn't the greatest. They're walking around with high levels of inflammation in their body and something, you know, like Reishi or AHCC can help lower that it's called C reactive protein. That's the blood marker for inflammation in the body. So that lowers, so mushrooms can help lower the C reactive protein, which then lowers your systemic inflammation. So that's one thing. (laughs) Mind blown. Blown. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. So, and then, you know, going back to the question of what do they help with? Um, it's, there's not like, so because they really affect the entire physiology, the entire body. It's hard to say like, Oh, this mushroom is for this and this mushroom is for this. There's a lot of overlap and then there's a lot of different systems that they touch. So yes, immune system is one. Um, I've heard from so many people that they've gotten off their anxiety medication or depression medication, um, in using something like reishi. Um, and then you can even go deeper into something like HPV, which is human papilloma virus. And that's the virus that's associated with cervical cancer for women. And so something like reishi or HCC can add that immune intelligence to the body. So the body knows how to deal with this HPV. So it's not like It's not directly acting on the HPV or whatever virus it is in your body. It's acting on your body. It's balancing your body. So then your body can go and do the thing that it's meant to do.
0: Oh my gosh. That's like that. I have never heard anybody talk about that, but that's groundbreaking. And especially because I had a podcast a few episodes back where I was talking with my naturopath about birth control and then how you're at more increased risk for cervical cancer after or from being on birth control for a certain amount of years. So this is like the cherry on top of like, okay, well, if you have that, then this might be a good option for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I say in, which is so common, like people don't really want to talk about HPV, because there is this like negative connotation because it's usually sexually transmitted. But with that, I will say I've talked to virgins who have gotten HPV. I've talked to people who um, waited to have sex until they were married and got it from their partner. So, like, part of my work and awareness is also like kind of tearing down the stigma associated with something like HPV um, because it's literally like, (laughs) to get a little graphic, it's literally like a common cold for your cervix. Like that's how common it is. And that's how, that's how easily the body can deal with it. The body's meant to deal with something like HPV quite easily. But when our stress buckets, those same stress buckets are really, really, really full, or say you're kind of at the edge and then you have a really stressful week at work and you're just, you're over the top and your body can't handle anymore. Then that's when you kind of have that overflow of like, you know, having symptoms or manifestations in your health where your body is like maxed. So you and I probably have, sorry, I don't mean to like call you out, but like you and I have probably come, if we've had sex with more than one person in our life, we've probably come into contact with HPV and our body, we don't even know that it's like sorting it out. We don't yeah. even ever know. And it only becomes a problem when your body can't deal with it when it's like maxed and overtaxed. So. Yeah, that's that's I could go. I mean, that's a whole podcast in and of itself. It's like talking about HPV and AHCC and everything.
0: So the mushrooms help you help your body start to deal with the things that are going on. Yes. Okay, so that sold me. So where the heck do I even buy mushrooms? Yeah.
1: Well, if you've noticed, I'm sure everyone listening has noticed that like mushroom companies are literally popping up. They're popping up everywhere. And it's because it's becoming more mainstream. I mean, mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms, and every other type of mushroom have been used for literally thousands of years all over the world. Like this isn't a new thing. It's just new to us and e-commerce. Right. And so there's mushroom companies popping up all over the place. This is where I want people to really like, listen, (laughs) not all mushroom, (laughs) like any other supplement or any other food, not all mushroom supplements are created equal. And most, Ugh. most are sort of garbage. There was one study done in 2017 where they took just random 19 different, um, reishi mushroom supplements off of e-commerce sites and they tested them to find out what was actually in them. And only five, only five actually contained reishi mushroom. Wow. Okay. So don't get your mushrooms on Amazon. No, I would never recommend. And people will send me pictures all the time. Like, Hey, is this a good mushroom supplement? I got it for, you know, $8 on Amazon, whatever. Like I realize, like I can appreciate a good deal for sure. When it comes to your supplements, mm, you this is like one of those rules where you're, you're probably getting what you pay for. Now that's not to say that the really expensive ones are always great or the really like affordable ones are always bad. But I will say if you're finding a random, you know, powdered mushroom supplement as a deal in a farmer's market for $5, like drill in, ask some questions. Like, where are you sourcing this? What are you putting in there? What's in the final end product? How do you grow? Do you grow organically? Like what else is in here besides just mushrooms? So um, I definitely have a few, like I've done a lot of this digging and this work to only use mushroom supplements and products that I know are like top notch. So I have a few brands that I absolutely love and will sing their praises of all day because I know that they're doing it right. Right. Um, I'm never going to bash like another brand, uh, people will send me, you know, or ask about certain brands. Hey, do you like this brand? Do you like that brand? And I'm never going to say like, no, that's garbage. I I like teaching people how to identify for themselves. hmm So there are a few questions that you can ask yourself or the manufacturer, or if, you know, say you're at a farmer's market and you want to ask them some questions or maybe you're at the health food store and you're looking at a lineup of like 10 different mushroom supplements. There's a few ways that you can tell, like, is this quality mushroom or is this what they do is they add grains to the final product. So for a lot of mushroom supplements, you might be getting a sprinkling of mushrooms, but probably what the bulk of that is, is grains like oats or rye or rice. Mm,
0: That's not good.
1: Which is like, it's not going to hurt you, but like, if I want oats, I'm going to buy them for a dollar from the store, you know, (laughs) like I'm not going to pay $40 for oats. So what people can do is look at the color. And if this is great, if you're like at the store and you're looking at like a different, like an array of, you know, different mushrooms, all different, like mushrooms are all different colors. It's literally a rainbow. Reishi is like dark, dark, dark brown, almost black. And tremella is white and cordyceps is light brown and chaga is dark brown. And, you know, so like there's a variation. So if you're looking at The product and you can can see it in front of you or they show a picture online or something and all of their mushroom products that contain different mushrooms are all the same color, like a kind of creamy white or beige. That's because rice, oats, millet, they're all kind of the same shade, right? And so if they're all containing mostly oats or rice, they're going to all be almost the exact same color. Does that make sense? Yeah. Wow.
0: Okay. So that's good. What I will ask you to do though, is send me your favorite recommendations. I'm going to link them in this podcast because I feel like I need some mushrooms (laughs) because my cortisol is jacked.
1: (laughs) Oh no. Yes. I can definitely help with that. I mean, of course, like lifestyle also comes in. I, I don't ever want to like paint a picture of mushrooms that it's a, it's a flip of a switch and you're good to go. Like I know that's not what you're insinuating, but like, I think a lot of people do think that it's like a flip of a switch and this is going to cure all my problems. Like, no, we also have to look at your nutrition and your water and your stress practices and your movement and your relationships and your mindset practice. Like all of these things, we are like a holistic organism. We're not just a body that's either having or lacking medicinal mushrooms. And that's that's what our health depends on. Right. But I will, I will say that they can definitely be, like I said before, really low hanging fruit for almost anyone and everyone to start they're kind of like a wedge to, to like really start to take your health into your own hands. Yeah. So, um, do you want to hear some other ways that people can tell if they're, if Absolutely. they're quality? Yes, okay. please. So the other way that you can tell if there's if there's a large amount of oats or rice in your, maybe someone's listening and they're like, oh, I use XYZ brand, right? So take it out. If it's a powder or a capsule, just open one of the capsules and put a little on your tongue. If it tastes sweet or almost like, like crushed up cereal, almost it'll taste. It's not going to be like sugary sweet, but it'll be very like, like if you were to crush up like kick cereal,
0: <laughs> mm, yeah, that's
1: what it tastes like. Where it's like, it's almost sweet, but not really. That means that it's got high amounts of grain in it. Again, not going to hurt you, but it's also not mostly mushrooms. Mushrooms are bitter or earthy or like lion's mane kind of has like a faint, like seafood smell. Not really bad, but like very faint. So none of them really are sweet tasting, yeah, they're not. That I've had, anyways. I mean, there's over 300 out there. Maybe one of them is, but the main ones that are in circulation and on e-commerce platforms, they're not going to be. They shouldn't be sweet. Okay, so we've got the look, we've got the taste, and then the next piece would be if they say they are grown in the U.S., which I know sounds counterintuitive because we all are like shop local and, you know, oh, this was, you know, from a farmer's market or, oh, this is right in my city. Great. I love supporting this. I love that too. I love supporting local as much as I can. Medicinal mushrooms is a case where I never really support local because I have seen, I've sort of seen behind the curtain of the growing process and what goes into the growing process in, um, in the U.S., just to have your doors open as a business and i won't get into like the nitty gritty details of the economics of growing mushrooms just know that for a retailer to or a grower to grow mushrooms in the united states it is so insanely expensive they basically have to include grain or some other filler in their end product to even make ends meet
0: what okay oh my gosh.
1: So that's something that's not going to be disclosed, you know, on the bottle or anything like that. This is literally like knowing how the industry works. So where I choose to get my mushrooms from is from the native growing regions, um, like certain areas of India or China, like the, the company that I, um, that I use and love every single day, most often is called real mushrooms. And you can probably guess why I love them. Like it says it in their name but they have this long-standing relationship um, over like 25 or 30 years of these growers in way deep and high in the mountains of china they have this like protected area and i know china is like you know it's kind of like taboo these days like don't get your stuff from china and medicinal mushrooms is one of those things where it's a native growing region and there are people who are doing it right where they're being, you know, third party tested multiple times for, you know, heavy metals and things like that. Um, so real mushrooms definitely is one to check out. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll send you their information. Um, and so yeah, the growing in the United States is kind of the red flag,
0: yeah. which just sounds
1: so counterintuitive.
0: I know that's interesting because everybody's like, you know, Support local, shop local, U.S., made in the U.S. But it makes sense because I feel like with even just our food industry in the United States compared to Europe's food industry, like, we eat so much shit. It's so bad. And it's like, there's no processes. Well, I'm sure there is. But there's no, like, accountability to these food makers industry whatever i'm not well versed in it but what i have seen in it is like yeah why the fuck are why is this allowed to be on shelves why are we eating this shit why are we consuming this stuff but it's about our i mean
1: Yeah, right. Like that's a whole other podcast. Like, why are they allowing, why is the government subsidizing, you know, monocrops? Why is the government paying for glyphosate on all of our, you know, crops and food and soy and corn and everything? And why is everything preserved, uh, you know, until year 3000? Like, why? Why? It's not for us. It's not for our health. So that's a, that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, this is, these are, these are things that people can start paying attention to and really, um, Start changing in their own lifestyle if they are having some sort of health problems. Like we need to take for ourselves. Like your doctor's not going to do this for you. Sorry, I know there's some great doctors out there. This isn't a you know bashing on on doctors, but there is no way they can actually possibly help you in your health like you can. Like
0: amen. We, oh we my god. Are, and we are the ones responsible for it too. Your doctor's not responsible our. for your health. Your mama ain't. Your, no. I mean, unless you're a, a minor, I guess, or your dad, or whoever. Like, you, it's us. It's self accountability, and I'm, I'm like, let's make a freaking movement about self accountability.
1: Like, we really have to be our own best health advocates. Um, and I think that there, that's been a misconception, is like, well, they wouldn't put it on the shelves if it was it was that bad for us. Well, they wouldn't, you know, mark it up as a prescription for me if it was really that bad or like, you know, it doesn't, the doctor or whoever in charge of whatever we're talking about doesn't have to be a malicious person to, to keep perpetuating the system that is broken. Mm -hmm. So it's not like every doctor who prescribes XYZ prescription is bad. They're just in the system and they're, it takes a lot to get out and still like, feed your family. So like part of this is coming at it with empathy and compassion for the individuals and the humans that are in the system. It's not, I think it's less of people who are like downright evil and, you know, wanting to see you unhealthy. I don't think it's that. I think it's literally like they don't have the tools. And so it's on us as individuals to acquire the tools for ourselves. Doesn't mean we have to go back and get a degree or get some certification. Sometimes it's as simple as literally like turning the package over and looking at the ingredient list. If the first ingredient list is canola oil, it stays on the shelf. If the first ingredient list is high fructose corn syrup, it stays on the shelf. If the first ingredient is some weird, crazy chemical or blue dye number five or whatever, it should stay on the shelf. So it's up to us to really start being curious about what we're putting into our body and what we are giving our body in the form of tools to form our tissues and cells and organs. Like that's what our body is made out of is what we feed it.
0: Yeah. I, it's so crazy that that seems to be a concept that people don't put together. It's not like two and two where, okay, if I eat this junk food, then I'm going to start feeling like junk. And then it's like, it all starts with what we consume and that's in what we eat, put in our mouths and also what we watch on TV and just uh-huh, yeah,
1: everything. Yeah, everything. absolutely.
0: What's the whole scoop on microdosing with the hallucinogenic mushrooms?
1: Psychedelic, yeah. Um, So this is something that um, it's kind of like a, it's a term that gets thrown around and it can mean multiple different things. Microdose literally means very small dose. And so if we're talking about psychedelic mushrooms, Um, this could be someone who is experimenting with, um, wanting to have more like creative flow in their work. And so there are avenues you can acquire a microdose of psilocybin, which is the compound in psychedelic, some psychedelic mushrooms that produces the psychedelic effect. But if you take a very, very, very small dose of that you don't feel the psychoactive properties, you feel maybe the creative flow, or you feel more love with your partner. It sort of is like this expansive feeling that you're not going to necessarily know like, oh, I for sure took something. You're just going to get to the end of your day and be like, wow, that was a really good day. I was really focused on my work and I wasn't stressed. I didn't have my normal, you know, anxiety with X, Y, Z. Like a great day. That's one use. Like people will, you know, they'll talk about it like in Silicon Valley, like, you know, different mogul, like tech moguls and tech companies will experiment with this with a, a microdose schedule. Um, other people do use it for something like PTSD or anxiety or depression for the same reasons that I just listed. It puts you just kind of in a different state. Um, and then some people, you know, just use it, like say you're going on a hike and you really want the colors to just pop out at you. And you want to just be really present and you want to just be like, who the fuck cares about my phone? (laughs) Like that kind of feeling is just like, I'm here, I'm enjoying nature and I'm here for it. I'm with my partner. Oh my God, this, this flower is so incredible. How have I never looked at this flower before? Like those types of feelings. And so, um, yeah, the microdose term is used for a lot of different things. And even the microdose, some people say it's like 50 milligrams, and some people go up to, you know, 500 milligrams. So there's some like wiggle room, but that's essentially what it is.
0: My last question before I want to get to something that you kind of like tied in with that last moment, but I had this one last question Does microdosing? Or using the hallucinogenic or psychedelic mushrooms, does that fry your brain, like people would say? Like, does it damage your brain?
1: No, that myth came from the use of LSD in I think the sixties and seventies. It was propaganda um, that the government created to, or or some people will say it about you know cannabis. Um, It's basically government propaganda to. deter people from using mind altering or consciousness expanding medicines because, I mean, there's a whole lot of reasons, but I will back up and kind of give a disclaimer that um, someone could certainly feel like, oh, my brain is being fried or whatever if they're using them improperly. Mm -hmm. Like, If you're going into, say, a college party and you down a bag of mushrooms, you might feel like your brain is exploding or this, or you have some bad experience. Like that's not what they're intended for. So that could be considered like a bad trip, right?
0: Mm, But
1: if you go into a beautiful ceremony where you've meditated with your partner and you've got your mind right and you're, you feel safe and you have your intention clear and you are, you know, welcoming and you are surrendering to whatever the medicine wants to teach you. That's a completely different experience than the, you know, dude guy, Brett, that is just going into a college party and wants to get high. Like that's a completely different experience. So not saying that every journey is beautiful and wonderful and light and, you know, all of that, like some of them are difficult, but I will say that, um, whatever I, you refer to it as the medicine, uh, whatever the medicine brings up for you is something that needs to be brought up. It's something that's either needs to be shown to you so that you can access more love in your life, maybe with yourself or your partner or other people in the world, or it's something that is cutting you off from love. Right. Mm -hmm. So like I've had medicinal type journeys where self-love comes up for me because it's been something that I've been working on since I was in third grade, right? Like body image stuff or whatever. And so it's something that is shown to me where it's like, sometimes tears come, it's not always easy. But it's, there are these realizations and these light bulb moments where you're just like, why do I do that to myself? God, I, I really wanna do X, Y, Z instead. Or I really wanna behave this way to my partner. Or this is, you know, something that's coming up for me that I just, I don't want in my life anymore. So like people will use a psilocybin experience to, um, to get off of alcoholism or cigarettes or opioid addiction because you're able to it's almost like it's almost like when we go through life everything from our childhood trauma to our programming to just our everyday patterns of relating to ourselves and other people it's almost like they they um, form these grooves in our brain almost like a ski slope like when you, if anyone's ever like skied or whatever you know when you get in someone else's tracks and you're kind of like uh, locked in mm-hmm. right what psychedelics do, Is they can come in and sort of act like the grooming machine where it's a it's an even playing field now. Those those tracks are no longer there, and you can decide what track you want, which ones are serving you and which ones are not. And so a lot of times, if someone's going into say, this is just an example, they have an alcohol addiction and they're like, I really don't want this in my life anymore. My intention is to let go of this, is to release this. Then the psychedelics sort of act like this grooming machine where now the person can kind of look at it as like almost like a third party where they're like, oh, I don't need that. I see what that I was addicted to alcohol because my mom never loved me when I was a child and I was coping. I don't need that anymore. It's not serving me. And I can find love for myself and other people in other ways. I don't need this alcohol. And so they might go through two or three sessions and they're done. So that's kind of what happens. And of course there are so many different uses and and implications for it, but that's sort of the the gist of of what is happening in the brain.
0: I love that because I did mushrooms one time. I was at the Tool concert at the Gorge in Washington and the the people that were next to us, like, had a bag of mushrooms, and my husband and I were like, okay, we'll try it, and I was so present, and if you know the, who the band Tool is, they have, like, these incredible light shows, and mm-hmm. they have all these, like, weird characters that are going through, and I feel like they have it meant for people who are on mushrooms or acid or something. Probably not. LSD or something. But I remember the next day, I was like, That was such a great concert. I remember literally every moment of it, but the next day my stomach hurt so bad. So I was like, dang, I don't know if it it was those mushrooms or what, but haven't done them since. But I like the way that you are phrasing this and talking about it because I do take cannabis. I am announcing it to the world right now. And I feel like I have had those moments in my life when I have a little bit of it And then I completely like open up this level of awareness in myself and I'm like, oh my God, that's why this is happening. And I feel like ever since I've been taking that, I've really like, I'm probably thriving. Like I think I'm in the best part of my life that I've ever been like so much more aware of how Mm -hmm. I'm operating, of my ego, of my programmings, of my trauma, like why I'm acting the way I'm acting and it's obviously like a, a continuous cycle, like things continue to uncover themselves, but I feel like the cannabis has a hundred percent helped with that. And so awesome. yeah, that's really interesting that you say that about the microdosing. Cause I'm like, well, frig, maybe, maybe I should try it.
1: Yeah. It's a little harder to get your hands on. I mean, you kind of have to know somebody who knows someone just because oh, it's still, still that a, a federal thing. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can, depending on who your friends are, you can, You're probably like one degree of separation away. I'm not just disclaimer. I'm not recommending people to, I mean, do whatever you want. It's your life, but like, just know that it's still a crime technically. So, which is, um, crazy to me. It's crazy. You know, even just what you're speaking to, like the fact that cannabis can have that, that many, um, wonderful benefits to your life, to where you've, you've gotten to some level of like healing or expansion or you know uh just enjoying your lo- life more the fact that that would be it was illegal at one point you know like it's wild it's crazy but yet alcohol which kills how many hundreds of thousands of people so toxic every year and is literally poison literally poison and yeah it's it's crazy that things like mushrooms or you know um uh lsd or mdma are schedule one drugs which is like oh they have you know categorically by the schedule one no medicinal benefit which is just like ludicrous it's wild
0: and it's insane to me that where i'm from which is in the seattle area and then down in portland meth and heroin are okay that's fine if you have like a, less than a certain amount then you can have it But you better not get caught
1: with mushrooms hun things are changing though which i'm really glad to see um i I feel like in a couple years um i i hope i hope it gets to the point where it's there's this less less of a taboo that is really not grounded in anything but government propaganda um so and and some of the bad names that came out of the 60s and, and the hippie movement and all of that like we're past that. We, we can see that they do provide real healing for people like veterans or people with, you know, alcohol addiction or things like that. So things are changing. Thank God. Um, Yeah, but I, I hope that they do get to the point where, you know, a, a couple can use them, you know, to connect deeper and tear through some of the childhood programming and pride that they they've had that's, you know, interfering with their relationship and all of that. So I hope I hope we get there.
0: Yeah. And a lot of it is unconscious too. Like we don't even realize that that's happening. And then when you do take these supplements, I'm going to call them, you really start to like take a look at yourself with grace. Like you can separate yourself from this place of judgment and look and be like, oh my gosh, that's what it is. And not have to beat yourself up and think that you're just a piece of shit because something happened to you. And then you've been unconsciously acting on it later in life
1: 100 like that's i feel like that's the human experience that's what we're here to like figure out is like what happened to me what am i healing and what are my tools how can i do this and and do it with love and grace and compassion for myself um yeah and you said it beautifully like we're you're almost able to look at your own shit with a third party experience, like almost like how you, like, if you were talking with your best girlfriend and she was telling you some really hard thing that was going on in her life, you wouldn't be like, you are so stupid. I can't believe that happened to you. Like, how could you let that happen? Like you would be like, oh my gosh, girl, no, like you're good. You can get through this. Like you're still lovable. All of these things. Like you're able to like almost talk, give yourself that kind of talk. Yeah. What do you need? What do you need? How can I help you? Like i still love you i don't care i don't care that that happened to you or that you did that or whatever like you know and so it it is it's it's really cool once you get through that and and here's the thing is it stays with you Mm -hmm. it it stays i'm not saying that we're perfect or that i'm perfect because i've had a you know a, a journey you know or anything like that but those illuminations and those epiphanies that come to you when you, you know, have your intention right. And you're with someone who's leading you like a shaman or a medicine person, or, you know, someone who can help you through it. You come out the other side, still holding on to those, um, to those tangibles, to those epiphanies and those illuminations, very different than like if you're drunk and you kind of black out and you're like, I don't know what happened or whatever, like, I I have no idea what happened. Like it's not like that. They stay with you in a really beautiful way.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I mean, I know we're coming up on an hour, but do you have time to talk about some conscious relationships real quick? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I know that when we were planning this podcast, we were talking about mushrooms and AHCC, that's how you say it, right? And conscious relationships. And that really intrigued me because obviously with my experience with cannabis, that's something that I've been, to be honest, when I have cannabis, I'm much more patient and I'm much more loving. I feel like I'm high strung a lot of the time. I feel like now I am able to at least know when I'm, being reactive and defensive. So I want to ask you, what is your definition or thought or just in general, what is being conscious in relationships?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question because I feel like this word is growing and getting getting more out there, this conscious and consciousness, and like what does that actually mean? Do you guys like sit around and do yoga together and like braid each other's hair? Like what yep. does it actually mean? <laughs> um, and conscious just means aware, right? So when you are aware, it doesn't mean that you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you don't have triggers, but it does mean that you're able to sort of like turn your, your eye inward and look at what's going on in your inner world before you just react. And if we're talking specifically about partnership, you know, our, our, Partners will do stuff, they're human, just like we are. They they will do stuff, we will do stuff that triggers each other. And if you are completely unconscious, you are reactionary and you might respond by yelling at them or screaming or thinking that they're trying to personally hurt you, or like they did this to me because they don't really love me, or you know, you you you're creating stories in your head versus. When someone has more, has a higher level of consciousness in relationship, you're able again to sort of take that third party approach where you're like, if, if Chase says something, Chase is my, my man, my partner, if Chase says something that, that triggers me for whatever reason, if I'm reactionary, I could just respond back and, 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 say something back to wound him, even if he wasn't trying to hurt me, just because I'm triggered and I'm offended. So I'm going to react. And that's like every, basically every relationship we see on TV and movies where the wife is a nag and she really wears the pants in the family. And the man is sort of this oaf character, like according to Jim or everybody loves Raymond or Tim, the Toolman man Taylor, where it's like, those are the shows we grew up with. And that was our model of like how a couple interacts the wife is somehow superior and smarter and the husband is sort of this oaf character. And that's, that's complete unconsciousness. So there's a lot to this. And I know we're just touching, we're just scratching the surface, but to answer your question, conscious just means aware, not perfect, but aware enough to know that you have growth opportunities and that you are seeking those growth opportunities out in yourself and in relationship
0: yes and it's so important your life will change once you realize like once you face your own shit. you know i feel like so long in my life i was very unconscious and i was projecting a lot of shit onto other people i specifically remember this one girl i was like i can tell she's insecure when i was like younger yeah. And then when I went to therapy, my I said, why does it bother me when people are insecure? And my therapist was like, it's probably because you feel insecure and it's like a mirror. And I feel like a lot of the things that trigger us or projections, it's, it's a mirror of like stuff we're not willing to face in ourselves yet. Mm-hmm. And when you do become aware of Why, when I know the holistic psychologist talks about this a lot, when she talks about the dirty dishes and how, when her partner leaves dirty dishes in the sink, she feels like it's an attack on her. Like, I don't feel heard. I don't feel seen. And that's for the most part, something from childhood when it's, it's really just, those are dirty dishes and meaning is being assigned to it. Yeah. it's, it's crazy how when we have these triggers and these issues, how so many of us just decide to blow up or dig deep into somebody else, like stab them right where it hurts, uh-huh. instead of sitting down and letting the anger settle and then having a conversation about it
1: uh-huh. or, being,
0: or being vulnerable enough to say, hey, what you, what, not even what you did, but that makes me feel this way and then going even deeper into that well why does that certain action or behavior why does that trigger me so badly mm-hmm. what happened when i was in childhood what kind of trauma did i experience like what life experiences happened where this is like making me my blood boiling
1: mm-hmm. and yeah. I,
0: th- i think something that's really important after you have that awareness, because that's what I say all the time. I'm like, awareness is key with literally everything in your life. Like you have to be aware. Then you can start making that conscious choice every single freaking day to be better. And it's not, oh my gosh, well, if I make this choice once and then I fail and forget the next day, I mean, it's just like the next action you make, you can start again. It's not,
1: it's not like it it has to be all or nothing. It's a practice. Like, It's absolutely a a daily practice. And, you know, you'll go through these stages where, you know, there's four stages of like learning any, for anyone in anything. And the first stage is unconsciously unconscious, which means you don't know what you don't know. Right. And then you go to consciously unconscious, which means Okay, I'm I'm realizing that there's something to change here, but I don't I don't know how or what to do, or I don't really know what are what are the steps, but you're aware that you don't know, right? And then it goes to consciously conscious, where you're like, okay, I'm aware of my triggers and I realize that my husband just said something that really pissed me off. Let me go inside, let me go deep, let me figure out what that is, why, what is that, what's the thing behind the thing. That's what I always ask people It's like, what's the thing behind the thing? You're not mad about the dishes. What's the thing behind the thing? And then the last stage is unconsciously conscious. So you are able to interact with your partner or yourself or your loved ones. And you've had, you have this practice down for so long that before you know it, maybe not, maybe it takes a couple of years. I don't know. It's different for everyone. You get to the point where you're just, acting from a place of consciousness and you don't even realize that like you've changed your behavior so now you're unconsciously conscious where it just flows from you so who you know if you're listening and you're like i don't even know what stage i'm at most people start in that unconsciously unconscious stage where it's like i don't know what i don't know you listen to podcasts you start reading books you you know talk to your friends that look like they have a you know a that speak nicely about each other that don't just drill each other with horrible things about their partner. Like don't start with those people, (laughs) but like you can dig in and find resources to help you kind of turn on the light to what you're not aware of. And then you can take action from there. But if you're like completely in the dark and you don't know that this is even possible to, to actually have a relationship where you are each other's best friend and best you know, biggest fan and that you can actually have like ecstatic, conscious, passionate partnership and really truly root for each other rather than this, like one upping game that so many couples play where it's like, well, he did that. So I'm going to do this. Well, she did that. So I'm going to do this. And it's like this weird one upping situation where you want to feel powerful. So what you have to do is make your spouse or your partner feel less powerful, Mm. And so many people just think that that's what marriage is. Like how many times have we heard that on, you know, movies and TV shows where it's like, that's just how it goes. That's just how it is in marriage. This is what marriage is. And it's like, F that I don't, if that's what marriage is, I don't want it. Right. So, um, yeah, those are, I mean, some, those are some ways that people can just start to kind of evaluate where they're at. And, um, oh, I wanted to come back to the what you were, you were speaking to so beautifully, you were basically saying what I say all the time, which is what's the thing behind the thing, which I know I said already, but like, if you don't know where you're at in your relationship and you're like, don't know what stage you're at at all, start asking when you get triggered or when your partner is triggered or stressed or whatever, start asking yourself from a really like compassionate, empathetic place and really a place of curiosity not anger or anything, like, what's the thing behind the thing right now? Am I mad that my, that my man left his socks on the floor? Like, am I really mad about the socks themselves? Or am I mad that I told him yesterday to please pick up his socks? I was doing laundry and he didn't listen to me. So now I feel disrespected. That's the thing behind the thing. Mm -hmm. But when you go to your partner and you're like, you didn't pick up your socks. You never listened to me. You're this blah, 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 blah he's going to get defensive and he's going to put up all sorts of defensive and he's going to drill into you. Well, you will, like, that's craziness. That doesn't get anywhere. So if somebody, you know, has, it has identified the thing behind the thing, which is like, I felt disrespected. I didn't feel listened to or valued. Go to your partner with that not that you have to go to them with every single little thing every time you get triggered, but when it's important, when it's a big thing that's like coming in between your relationship, you can just share like, hey, I know it may not seem like a big deal, but I wanted to share that what I feel is, you know, when I tell you something like maybe like I'm doing laundry or whatever um, and, you know, you throw your shoes or your socks or your clothes on the floor, like, what I'm feeling is that like, I'm not being heard. I'm not being respected. And that's really what is bothering me. Like, that's what really hurts the most. And, um, I would love if you could X, Y, Z, what that would provide for me is, you know, I, I wouldn't be so stressed picking up the clothes or doing the laundry, or I would really feel what that would provide for me is like, me feeling like you're my partner in this and that i don't have to like that my main goal isn't just just pick up after you but like we're really partners together and that would just like oh like whenever you can talk about what it's doing into your body if we're talking about the feminine here if we're talking about women who are usually like it's a spectrum. It's not masculine or feminine. It's a spectrum, but usually women, if they're in a heterosexual relationship, they want to be the feminine. That's where they find rest is being taken care of and being treasured and loved. That's the feminine. Mm -hmm. If you would rather be trusted and respected and followed and you know, like that's more masculine, right? Like if you would rather penetrate than be penetrated, (laughs) that's masculine. So if you'd rather be Penetrated whether that's emotionally or physically or whatever. Like I know there's, there's some in between, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like if you're if you are the feminine and you're sharing with your partner, like anything, when in doubt, go back to your body. What is it doing in your body mm-hmm. when this happens? X Y Z. And then when you you know when you share like oh if you could really do this I would love that what that would provide for me is men or, you know, the masculine is all about providing, right? Like that's their, that is their thing that's in their DNA is to provide. So when they know exactly crystal clear communication, what that would provide for you, less stress, less anxiety, better mood, want to have sex more, whatever it is, what that provides for you, he will, it may not be perfect right away, but he will think about it more and he will be able to receive what you're saying rather than put up defenses at you don't do this. You don't do this. You don't respect me. All of those statements.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I have been through that myself. I'm in my closet and my auto light keeps turning off. So I'm like sitting here doing this podcast in the dark. (laughs) Um, I've been in that myself personally, where my husband, I was, when I was very, very, very unconscious, like unconsciously unconscious, he's very acts of service is his love language. He's like, let's be a team. I take care of the outside. You take care of the inside. And I, I will be a hundred percent honest. I let my end of the deal slide a lot of the time and he would get really upset with me. And it wasn't until I started having these conscious times (laughs) times <laughs> where I was like, why don't I just do that now? Why why can't I do that? And then I started, I get I'm at the point now where if I don't hold up my end of the deal, I start feeling like crap about myself in a loving way. But I'm like, I need to do this. Like it makes me feel good and fulfilled when I do it. And when I don't do it, I feel like something's missing. And I can just I don't want to put that strain on our relationship because I know what he needs. And at that point, if I don't do it, you know, it's like I can do it that day or the next day or whatever, but if I don't do it in general, I I know I'm letting my end of the deal down and then it doesn't make me, I'm not embodying that woman that I want to become who does those things because it's not like he just does it because he wants me to do it or whatever, but it's more of me being like, okay, this is, I want to have that partnership. I want to have that really good relationship. And honestly, since that stuff started happening, like I've seen so many different benefits in my relationship in general. Like, I feel like my relationship's better than it ever has been, sex life included. Hey. Yeah. So I'm just, I, I love that we had this conversation and I know we are over the one hour mark now, but I honestly, I feel like we could go on for hours and hours and hours about just consciousness and... holistic, natural health and self accountability and responsibility. So maybe we'll do this on a different day, but I want to thank you so much for coming into the lounge. And can you tell people how they can work with you and where they can find you?
1: Yes. So I hang out on Instagram mostly. Um, it's at Mimi underscore the medicine. The medicine is my podcast. It's called the medicine podcast, no E on the end of medicine. So right away, you know, it's a different type of medicine. Um, And I host with my partner, Chase. We have a wild story, which I didn't even get into at all. But bullet point is we were childhood sweethearts, married very young in our 20s, married for three years, bottomed out, got to our rock bottoms, completely unconsciously unconscious, out of balance. And we actually separated and divorced. Um, And then we went through our own grand canyon of self-development and spiritual epiphanies and self-realizations and organically found each other again and um now we're living this beautiful part two of our life together so um yeah we're going on three years being back together in part two and i i just i couldn't be happier life is a freaking dream and um you know it's still hard we still do the work but um so yeah the the podcast the medicine is all about how having a healthy lifestyle can support having a healthy relationship and how they are not separate. So uh, we talk about a lot of different things on there, but you can check out the medicine podcast, Instagram, Mimi underscore the medicine. And then also my website is Get Mimi Fit. And uh, I know we barely talked about it, um, but the HCC is on there for anyone who's dealing with HPV, like let that be your next stop. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Well, I'm really excited for that. And I will link everything down below, including your biggest recommendation, your best recommendation on certain mushroom supplements that people can use. Cause I definitely am interested wow. in it myself. So thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you so much for joining us in the lounge. Don't forget to subscribe, connect on social media, and leave some love in the reviews. Mimi will be back in January to do a whole episode on conscious relationships, so stay tuned for that as well. Next week, we're talking about self-sabotage, people-pleasing, and how positivity can actually change your life. I'll see you then.